Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, everybody, welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, John chapter 18. If I were to give today a title, it would be Jesus Declares and Pete Denies. <laughs> it is is going to get uh, difficult, but at the same time, this is part of it. This is going to be on a Thursday night. Jesus is going to be crucified on a Friday. So this is the beginning of that moment of what all is going to happen. So it's a very difficult time, but at the same time, it has to get dark before the light can come. So we're going to jump into that in just a moment. But as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you're liking the video, subscribe to the to the YouTube channel, also the podcast, leave us a five-star review. It really helps. And then go to our Facebook group, Bible Breakdown Discussion. Let us know how you're engaging with this text, especially this text today, and some of the takeaways that you have with this. And I love the questions, love the different things that we're able to ask with one another. And I want to ask you this question. Is there something about this moment in Jesus' life that you never noticed before? As we're reading through this, sometimes the only time we ever hear about the trial before Pilate and the crucifixion, resurrection, is around Easter. We don't really talk about it that much other than that. Not for a particular reason, it's just there's a lot in the Bible to talk about. And we really focus on it that time of the year. So is there anything about this time of the year, or not time of year, is there anything about this particular topic that you just never really noticed before until now? And let's talk about it in the discussion. I look forward to hearing what you've got going on. And I love just talking about God's Word and just gushing. <laughs> and I have this idea of us sitting across maybe a coffee table, coffee in hand, Bibles out, and just talking about God's Word. Because I'm going to tell you, the more you dig, the more you find. And that's especially true when it comes to these chapters right here, because there's just so much hidden within these chapters. No way we can cover it all, which is why it's important for us to continue our study so we can learn these things. And remember the context. This is Jesus' best friend. John the Apostle was, you know, in this, he, he calls himself the one that Jesus loved, according to John, right? And he is making sure we connect with the message that Jesus says seven times. And actually, we're going to see a hidden eighth time in this chapter when Jesus uses the holy name of God, I am. And he says, I am, and then a different you know, adjective, metaphor to describe who he is throughout these. To make sure you understand, Jesus, you know, he didn't hide it. He said, I am God. I'm the one you've been waiting on, and I can prove it. And then he would go do something amazing to prove that he is God. And the other thing that's amazing about John is there's some evidence to say that John might have actually been connected to the priesthood. And one of the reasons why we see this is some different things that we can look at in history, but also John gives us a little bit more of a description of what the trial before the Jewish leaders looked like. And we're going to see that in this chapter. The other disciples didn't get that. And one of the reasons why is because they all ran. <laughs> but then the other one is, is that it seems as though John had this access into the home of these leaders that the other ones didn't have access to. And one of the reasons why he possibly had access was because he might have been part of a family that was connected to the priesthood. So it's a very interesting thought here. And so John would have possibly been within that room hearing this mock trial. This, you know, they call it a, a kangaroo court. You know, they've already kind of declared him guilty. But he would have had access to this. Because even Peter, as we're going to see, he wasn't allowed in there. He was kind of around the periphery. And so there's this interesting thing that we get a firsthand seat at how Jesus is under immense pressure from all these people. Yet 
He is not intimidated. It's hard to intimidate the king because he's the king. You know what I mean? And so here we go. Let's get your Bibles open with me. We're going to be reading John chapter 18, starting at verse 1. Get your NLT Bibles ready. Here we go. It's about to be a wild ride. Verse 1. After saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered the grove of olive trees, also known, by the way, as the Garden of Gethsemane. Judas, the betrayer, knew this place because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. Now, with blazing torches, lanterns, and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove. Jesus finally realized that all that was going on and going to happen to him, so he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for? Jesus asked. Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. I am he. Once again, notice he's using the holy name of God. I am he. Jesus said, Judas, who betrayed him, was standing there with him. Jesus said, I am he. And look at that. They all drew back and fell to the ground. I wonder why. Probably because he was calling upon some of his divinity and declaring, I am he. They all drew back and fell to the ground. Once more, he asked them, who are you looking for? Again, they replied, Jesus the Nazarene. He told them, I told you that I am he, Jesus said. And since I am the one you want, let these others go. He did this to fulfill his own statement. I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. Then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest slave. But Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back in its sheath. Shall not I drink the cup of suffering that the Father has given me? So the soldiers, uh, their commanding officer and the temple guards arrested Jesus and tied him up. First, they took him to Annas, uh, since he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, the high priest at the time. Caiaphas was the one who had told the Jewish, other Jewish leaders, it's better for one man that he should die for all the people. So pause. So first of all, Peter stood up for what he said he was going to do. He said, Jesus, I will never deny you. And so he didn't deny him at first. Instead, he drew a sword. And I like to think he might have missed. Like, I don't think these guys were fishermen, okay? These were not professional swordsmen. And I don't know if you've ever like just kind of played around with the sword, but it's kind of hard to aim with a sword. And so it's hard for me to believe that Peter was aiming to chop this guy's ear off. I think he was swinging to do damage, and he missed. And so Jesus put the guy's ear back on. You know, that changed that guy's life forever. Put the guy's ear back on and said, hey, stop that. (laughs) And then the Bible said that in another place, at that point, everybody fled. That's including Peter. Everybody ran away. But then notice it says they took him to the home of Annas, Annas. And that was the son, or the, excuse me, the father of Caiaphas. Now, Annas is actually an important figure in um, Jewish history. He was actually a very well-known, and from what I can understand and read, a very well-liked high priest. He had done a lot of great things, even though he was also corrupt, and he also kind of buddy-buddied with the Romans a little too much. But at the same time, he was very, very highly respected as a respectable high priest which is one of the reasons why, even though Caiaphas, his son-in-law, was now the high priest, they still brought Jesus first to Ananias because Ananias was still, probably in their eyes, seen as the leader. And so that's kind of the reason why. He was still kind of pulling the strings, even though Caiaphas was the leader. But here's what it says in verse 15. Simon Peter followed Jesus, as did the other disciples. 
that other disciple was acquainted with the high priest, so he was allowed to enter the high priest's courtyard with Jesus. Once again, remember speaking about John. Peter had to stay outside the gate. Then the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman watching at the gate, and she let Peter in. So they're all outside completely, and then uh, Peter is inside kind of the outer court area. And then, of course, John likely would have been inside where the actual thing was happening. Pick back up. Then the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman at the gate, and she let Peter in. Then the woman asked Peter, You're not one of that man's disciples, are you? No, he said, I am not. That was the first time he denied Jesus. Because it was cold, the household servants and guards had made a charcoal fire. They stood around it, warming themselves, and Peter stood with them, warming himself. Inside, the high priest began asking Jesus about his followers and what he had been teaching them. Jesus replied, Everyone knows what I teach. I have preached regularly in the synagogue and in the temple where the people gather. I have not spoken in secret. Why are you asking me this question? Ask those who heard me. They know what I said. Then one of the temple guards standing nearby slapped Jesus across the face. Is that the way to answer the high priest he demanded? Jesus replied, If I said anything wrong, you must prove it. But if I'm speaking the truth, why are you beating me? Then Ananias bound Jesus and sent him to Caiaphas, the high priest. But I'm going to tell you, it's 2,000 years, but still, when I hear that someone hit Jesus, I want to find a way <laughs> to go into these pages and knock that dude out. But Jesus wasn't afraid. He didn't bow down. Instead, he said, what's your problem, buddy? <laughs> Verse 25, meanwhile, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire warming himself, they asked again, this would have been the second time, you're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, no, I am not. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? Can we just kind of like, you know what they're saying? Ain't you the fool that done cut my friend's ear off? <laughs> Again, Jesus denied, excuse me, Peter denied it, and immediately the rooster crowed. Jesus' trial before Caiaphas ended in the early hours of the morning. Then he was taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor. His accusers didn't go inside because it would defile them, and they wouldn't be allowed to celebrate the Passover. So Pilate, the governor, went out to them and asked, What is your charge against this man? We wouldn't have handed him over to you if we wasn't a criminal, they reported, retorted. Then take him away and judge him by your own law, Pilate told them. But only Romans are permitted to execute someone, the Jewish leaders replied. This fulfilled Jesus' prediction about what way he would die. <clears throat> then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked them. Jesus replied, is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. So Pilate said, So, you are a king. Jesus responded, You say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into this world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize what I say is true. What is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, He is not guilty of any crime. 
but you must have a custom. But you have a custom and you're at, that you asked me to release one prisoner each year at the Passover. Would you like for me to re- release the king of the Jews? But they shouted, no, not this man. We want Barabbas. And Barabbas was a revolutionary. Now, there's a couple of things I want to tell you, and we're going to end our time together. First of all, it's very interesting that you see that at one point, Pilate is there, and he is saying, do you want Jesus or do you want Barabbas? Now, I want you to go back to the book of Leviticus. The Bible said once a year, the high priest would stand up and they would have two sacrifices. We had one that was the sacrifice for the Lord, and you had one that was the sacrifice for Azazel. And Azazel was a, um, a whole other thing. Go back to Leviticus and read it. But what they would do is to go for the Lord, they would slaughter, and they would sacrifice for the sins of the people. But then the high priest would lay his hands on the head, or excuse me, lay his yeah, hands on the head of Azazel, and then he would, they would lead that one off, and you'd never hear from it again. Well, isn't it interesting? You have two, like, exactly the same sacrifices, one for the Lord and one for Azazel. Right here, you have Jesus and you have Barabbas. Now, Barabbas, bar Abbas. Bar means son of. Abbas means father. So you have Jesus, the son of God, and the son of my father. And there's actually some evidence to say that Barabbas's first name, Barabbas would have been his last name. His first name would, might have been Jesus. Jesus was a relatively common name because it was very similar to the name Joshua, which is an extremely common name. So on one side, you had Jesus, the son of God, and Jesus, the son of my father. One was sacrificed for the sins of the world, and one we never heard from again. That is super interesting to me, and it fulfills another Old Testament prophecy. But then here's the last question, and we'll be done. Why didn't Jesus just tell Pilate who he was? It's one of the questions I've heard before. Seems like Jesus is playing these word games when he gets there with Pilate. Why doesn't he just say, hey, by the way, I'm the son of God. I'm the true king, so can you let me out? (laughs) Well, one of the reasons why he wouldn't have done this is because, first of all, Pilate's not going to believe him anyway. Second of all, if he claims kingship, then Pilate would have had the right to kill him on the spot. And he doesn't want to do that. He wants to be crucified, or not wants to be, but he's going to allow himself to be crucified for the sins of the world. Then the other thing is he has a claim to the throne. There's a certain type of treason where it's even entirely possible that the whole process could have looked differently if he's claiming to be equal with Caesar. So Jesus has to play his cards properly here. He's not denying who he is, but he's also wanting the process to unfold the way it needs to so that what needs to happen is going to happen. So Jesus is having to be a little bit cagey with his words so that he's not going to deny who he is, but at the same time, he needs to let things go the way they are so that the process can can continue. So I'm telling you, man, you may have 99 problems, but Jesus ain't one. There are a thousand different ways that Jesus could have gotten out of this, but he didn't. He went all the way to the cross for my sins and for yours. Oh, what an amazing Savior we serve. Let me pray for us and we'll be done for today. Father, thank you so much. Your word is true. Your word is deep. Your word is wide. Your word speaks to us in so many ways. Lord, chapters like this is so full of your goodness. I pray, Lord, that the more we seek, the more we'll find. And what we find is more of you. Thank you for your goodness. And we celebrate you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Don't forget why this was written. John 20 says, these are written that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you have life by the power of his name. I love you. I'll see you next time for John chapter 19.